Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay on Tuesday, May the 18th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. And we're going to start off talking about the new variant of coronavirus. You may well have heard about what's being called the Indian strain. So how much of a problem is it here in Kent? Well, data analysed by Kent Online shows that up to 20 cases have been identified in the county within the space of a week. Scientists are able to identify it by looking for something called the S gene in COVID samples. It's something that appears in the Indian variant, but not the Chem variant, which you may remember spread so rapidly around Christmas time. So in the week to May the 8th, there were 250 positive COVID cases in Kent. 80 samples were sent to a lab and 20 were found to have that gene. Nine of those cases were in Canterbury, higher than anywhere else in the southeast. However, it it is important to highlight that these numbers are way below what's being seen in the northwest of the country and indeed in London. So let's hear from Kent's acting director of public health, Alison Dugal, who's been speaking to our political editor, Paul Francis. We're near to a large city and at the moment we know that London is seeing some activity with the variant of concern, particularly the, the one that people term the Indian variant. But we know that in Kent, we're, we're really good at working with our colleagues in the Department of Health and Social Care and Public Health England, so that when one of these variants is identified or even suspected, we're straight into meetings, we're making sure that everybody's being tested and making sure that where people are tested, the results are sequenced so that we have a really accurate picture of what's happening with the variants of concern. Now, at the moment in Kent, we're not seeing anything like the activity that we're seeing in other places across the country, particularly places in the Northwest or London. So I'm, I'm really happy that we're acting immediately should we have any concerns. And the faster we all get vaccinated, the better, because that will help to protect us against the variants of concern as well. What would your advice be to people perhaps who live in sort of North Kent and maybe travel to London to work? Do you, would, would you advise them to be particularly careful about uh, doing that or working from home if they, they can? Well, I mean, we, we do need to get the economy back to, to normal and, and I'm very aware of that. But if you have the opportunity to work from home, I would still advise working from home and I'm working from home at the moment. Um, if you do need to travel and you need to, to go, for instance, on a train on public transport, just be aware of the fact that you still need to take precautions. We're still being cautious, wear a mask on public transport, be aware of social distancing and make sure that you're washing your hands adequately at regular intervals. More than 980,000 people in Kent have now had at least one COVID vaccine. That's more than two thirds of all adults. 608,000 have had both jabs and the rollout now includes 37 year olds with 36 year olds being added tomorrow. The infection rate in the county is also at its lowest point since September. Kent Online News. 
Some other of today's top stories. And a man's been taken to hospital following an attack in Maidstone Town Centre. Police were called to Scott Street late last night and have cordoned off part of the road. The victim's injuries are not thought to be life-threatening and a 33-year-old man has been arrested on suspicion of assault. Good news for Eurostar. They've secured a £250 million rescue package after warning they could collapse because of the pandemic. The cross-channel rail operator has been hit hard by travel restrictions and won't be stopping at Ash or Ebbsfleet stations until at least next year. But it has now reached a financial agreement with its shareholders and banks, so it can stay in business. Now, you may have heard stories on previous podcasts where we've mentioned how long it's taken for a criminal case to come to court in Kent. Well, now a Kent lawyer has told us the pandemic isn't entirely to blame for the huge backlog. Figures show there were 57,000 outstanding Crown Court trials across the country in March, but that number was already about 39,000 before the first lockdown last year. Prosecution barrister Don Ramble says government cuts have been causing a problem for a long time. It's important to note that this story doesn't begin with coronavirus. And the problem has been is that over many years there has been chronic underfunding of the criminal justice system. Uh, And just to sort of provide some statistics to support that. So if we look at the period between 2010 and 2019, during that period, 162 magistrates courts were closed out of a total of 323. So just to let that sink in, the eve of COVID, the 10 years leading up to it, just over half the magistrates' court buildings in the country uh, were closed. And as far as Crown Court buildings were concerned, eight uh, Crown Court buildings were closed out of 92 during that period. So as we approach uh, uh, COVID, you can see that uh, the government has been closing magistrates' courts and uh, Crown Courts. Now, currently, there is a record backlog of criminal trials, and that's about 58,000 as far as Crown Court uh, cases are are concerned. But also on the eve of uh, COVID, there were tens of thousands, over 40,000 Crown Court cases uh, waiting to be heard. So this isn't a case where as soon as coronavirus hits, the backlog begins. The backlog began uh, many years uh, ago. And again, on the eve of uh, COVID, there were tens of thousands of uh, Crown Court cases uh, awaiting trials. And so what you have since coronavirus is really the the backlog growing by about a thousand cases uh, a month. And you've probably heard uh, stories about, um, we've all seen it in the papers, suspects and victims waiting for their trial, some as late as uh, 2023. Now, of course, that causes a loss of confidence for the victims, the witnesses, and of course, is unfair on the defendants having to wait uh, for their trial to know their fate. So it's unfair on everyone uh, concerned. We are not getting through the cases as quickly as we need to be. And uh, the main point I think I'd like to make is that that is not just the result of a a global pandemic, that is the result of, of, um, in particular, the last 10 years of of government uh, uh, cuts. 
David Naylor is the Kent Area Manager for Charity Victim Support. He's been telling us that having to wait a long time for justice has a massive impact. There's been, um, for example, a case where somebody had been a victim of sexual violence and um, they were told that their case was going to be prioritised within the system again in the with the sort of knowledge of the context of what we're all going through and um unfortunately that case was delayed and then delayed again and then a very short notice delayed a further time it's that's an example and that's um a particularly unfortunate one because the impact for an individual where they have to go and give evidence um you build yourself up to a date and then it's cancelled. You build yourself up to the next date, it's cancelled. And when it's cancelled at short notice, that really has such an impact on an individual. And it impacts on their resilience. You need to be resilient to actually come forward and give evidence in court or to give evidence remotely. Even with all the special measures around you, it still takes a toll. And I think what people may not be aware is that it's this repeated cancellation repeated delays and that it can be done at very short notice and that can happen for a number of reasons um so i'm not going to say that that's entirely due to um covid but um unfortunately um people work within a system and sometimes the system is not necessarily focused on victims um we were and as a victim of crime you didn't ask to become a victim of crime and you didn't ask to be a part of this system but you are expected to conform to it and i think that's the worst case scenario. Um, I don't think that that is um, something that happens or happened very frequently or terribly frequently, but it does happen. And that isn't really acceptable. I think heading into um, COVID, um, it was already a challenging situation. There were already delays. There were already issues with um, the way that cases were being processed through the criminal justice system. That's not unique to Kent. I think that was a picture that was reflected across the country. COVID has certainly not helped it. I'm speaking as a representative of victim support, and therefore I will say that um, absolutely um, there are issues to do with resourcing. Um, I would love to see more money devoted um, to ensuring that victims get the best possible service. Um, I think it's fair to say as well, sometimes it isn't just about money. Um, there are other external factors that come into it. But you would have to admit that actually resourcing has been an issue and continues to be an issue. There are calls for a rethink of the whole system to tackle the problem. And Seven Oaks MP Laura Trott asked Justice Minister Chris Philp about it in the Commons today. Thank you, Mr Speaker. And I thank the Minister for his answer and also for his previous engagement on the issue of a Nightingale Court in Kent. Uh, can you provide an update on when he thinks the court will be established and up and running? My honourable friend, the member of Sevenoaks, has been a tireless advocate on behalf of a, a Nightingale Court in Kent. Um, my colleague, the noble Lord Wolfson, is working very actively on this question, and I hope very much, I strongly hope, um, that we will be in a position to make a positive announcement in the very near future. Kent Online reports. One of our most read stories today, bosses at a Turkish restaurant in Maidstone say they have no idea how what appears to be a cigarette butt ended up in a takeaway meal. It was found in the food that had been dropped off by Deliveroo and came from Gem of Kent in the town. The delivery firm say they're investigating too and the couple who ordered the meal have had their money back.
Medway has been revealed as the fly-tipping capital of Kent. New data shows rubbish was dumped illegally more than 25,000 times across the county last year, and less than 1% of cases resulted in a fine. More than a fifth of the total number were in Medway. You can find out what the stats are like for where you live at Kent Online. Meantime, a man who has been fined is a guy who dumped a load of rubbish on a road near Seven Oaks, not once, but three times. He's now been ordered to pay more than £2,000. The 45-year-old was caught on CCTV, leaving waste on School Lane, not far from Falkham last summer. A 29-year-old man was also fined a similar amount for dumping asbestos and other rubbish on the same road. Ambulance crews across England are going to be given iPads after the idea was tested out by paramedics in Kent. 30,000 tablets will be given out following a trial involving CCAM. It allows them to access health records and send photos of injuries to hospitals so treatment can be more efficient. Unemployment has gone down in Kent, according to figures out today. The number of people claiming jobless benefits in the county has dropped by 700 in a month. About 68,400 people were out of work in April, which is still more than twice as many as before the pandemic. But after lockdown restrictions eased again yesterday, a number of companies are looking to recruit again. Among them is Buckmore Park Karting Circuit in Chatham, which is going to welcome drivers back from next month. Rich Martell is co-owner. We're going to be opening up uh, sessions for people to uh, enter either exclusively. So if you're uh, doing a stag party or a, a corporate event um, and also uh, sessions for people to book into uh, for races and things like that. But we'll be announcing the full lineup of events and things like that that we will be doing in the next uh, the next few weeks. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really busy. We're also just trying to uh, navigate our way through the final bits of restrictions that, that we have and different things going on and working out all the details and, and rehiring as well. We, we unfortunately had to make quite a few people redundant back in January. Um, and so we're, we're in a, you know, a position where we're able to take people back on, not to the same extent that we did before, but um, we will be rehiring as well. So if, if you are looking for a job, please go to our website and, and have a look at what's available. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not exactly something you can run on just a couple of people, is it? You do need quite, quite a few members of staff. How many are you looking to recruit? Do you know? So in total, we're, we're looking to recruit about 10 to 15 members of staff. Um, but obviously, as things ramp up, you know, we, we're wanting to kind of take small steps. We don't want to kind of jump into the deep end too soon. And we're also very conscious that even though there is light at the end of the tunnel with this pandemic, we're not out of it yet. Um, and I don't like to say I sound like a politician when you keep saying that, but no, we're confident. But what we don't want to do is put ourselves in a position that we are then shut, you know, over the winter again and we're having to make more people redundant. So, you know, we we want to keep ourselves uh, as, as, as nimble and flexible as possible. And um, and fundamentally, we feel that we've got a better business model for navigating through pandemics or even though we don't we hope that we don't have to do that many more times nationally around 100,000 more people are on payrolls in the UK the Archbishop of Canterbury is joining other faith leaders and Prince Charles and encouraging us to plant trees to mark the Queen's Platinum Jubilee Her Majesty will celebrate 70 years on the throne in 2022 it's hope schools businesses and individuals will get involved to help nature as more and more plans are made for events in Kent later this year Dreamland have announced they'll be welcoming Niall Rogers and Sheik. He'll be playing the scenic stage at the amusement park in Margate in September. Tickets will go on sale this Friday. And finally, you've no doubt heard of darts and archery. You might even have had a go at them. But how about 
axe throwing. Well, Gravesend is now home to the first venue of its kind in the county where you can channel your inner Viking. It's opened up in the panic room at St George's Shopping Centre in the town. His boss, Alex Souter. This big increase uh, in demand um, for different competitive and uh, also social activities. Uh, and we saw the big rise in America and Canada um, of uh, the axe throwing. And just looking at axe throwing itself, it's, it's quite easy to get into, um, but it's also kind of difficult to uh, master as well. Um, and it's, it's a really fun, easy social activity um, where people can just get together. And each of our staff have been specifically trained uh, to, do the, uh, to do the battle of axe throwing. Um, so they know both the do's and also the don'ts um, to make sure um, that people are playing safely. Uh, as well as that, they'll be teaching you individually how to throw the axe and they'll also be keeping, uh, keeping an eye while you're playing just to make sure that you're getting the best throw possible. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham say they've had a number of inquiries from other clubs about striker John Akinde. He's been put on the transfer list following the end of the season. The 31-year-old's got a year left on his contract and was apparently close to joining Southend during the last transfer window. And a quick update on two of our race walkers, Tom Bosworth and Cameron Corbishley, were both in action in the European Championships in the Czech Republic over the weekend. Cameron got a PB in the 20 kilometres to finish 18th, just three places behind Tom, who's already secured his place at this summer's Tokyo Olympics. Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can subscribe to the IM News app and that will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.